Hola amigos, ¿qué tal? Stuart here from Spain Speaks with a weekly review video with Johnny. We'll check out some of the things that have caught Johnny's attention this week, so uh, let's go to the video. Okay, Johnny, how are you this week? Yeah, good, Stu. Um, been a, a bit of a relaxed week this week, uh, not as intense as some of the others. What about yourself? I, I know you've been on the road this week, right? Yeah, been on the road, been to the north of Spain. I normally uh, try to take a trip to the north. It's my favorite part of the country. Uh, traveling to the old Castile and a uh, fantastic part of the world, yeah. Have oh, you been? Uh, not to the old Castile, I don't think, but I have been to uh, Asturias and to Galicia. Um, really yeah. nice places, yeah. When I first started um, um, my fascination with Spain, it was called Castilla la Vieja, and the one to the south was called Castilla la Nueva, I think it was. And uh, of course, now it's Castilla Leon and Castilla la Mancha, so they've changed a little bit. But the old Castile, yeah. Okay, nice, nice. Plenty of places to see in that part of the world, plenty of uh, uh, monuments to, to visit and plenty of churches and all of those things. And I followed the uh, the uh, the Duero River down, or the Daudo, I think we call it in English. I followed that down into the Thamora province. Yeah, it was a good trip, yeah. Oh, amazing. One to, one to keep in mind for the future for myself. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, what's on the agenda? All right, let's start with the telecom sector. So competition is heating up. Uh, so the likes of Telefonica and Orange are battling over their 5G rollout. So Telefonica started it back in September last year, and they're yeah. trying to get that rollout as quick as possible. However, Orange um, is trying to go, we'll try not to get too technical here, but essentially trying to get frequencies or bandwidths of 5G um, that will give them a better, well, will give their users a better experience of, of multimedia than, than Telefonica's. Okay, all yeah. right, good. Are you on 5G? I'm on 4G at the moment, I believe. Okay. Not, not, not yet 5G. No, I don't have a phone that has uh, 5G capability, so I'm still stuck on 4G. And actually, when I was away early this week, I went down to 3G in some places that I went to. They didn't even have 4G there, so <laughs> probably not looking, they're, probably not, they're, they're probably not hoping for 5G anytime soon. Okay, yeah. So what, what model would you need um, to be able to have 5G on, on your phone? Well, if you have an Apple phone, I think you have to have the iPhone 12. I, 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 okay. I might be mistaken there, but I think it's the iPhone 12. The 11 model doesn't seem to have it. Uh, and I think with Samsung and uh, a couple of the Android model, f model phones, I think they're the, the latest Samsungs, I think, are all 5G. So if you have one of those latest model telephones, you should be able to get onto the 5G network with Movistar ah, okay, or, okay. Or, or Orange, as you said. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I'm not, not quite... Um... My f I need a phone upgrade then to get a, <laughs> to get five G, um, but that's yeah. not planned for any time yeah. soon. But uh, yeah, and I'm also—I uh, was just going to say—I'm also with Vodafone, so I don't know whether they are offering five G yet or not. I haven't heard anything about it, so I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But one thing Vodafone is offering, and maybe this is why they're trying to um, either compete with Movistar or separate themselves from Telefonica and Orange, is they've released uh, Vodafone TV 4K Pro. Um, and essentially, that's all about bringing you the best in-home multimedia experience, 4K TV, um, high-definition sound, um, and all the all the streaming services. And that's for their existing, I think it's um, uh, broadband-only customers, or you need a converging line as well. 
Um, oh, okay. So there's, it's directed at a specific set of customers. Um, oh. And on top of your plan, that would be five euros a month. Five euros a month extra. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got Vodafone TV. I haven't heard about this um this offer that you're talking about there. So I might look into it for five euros extra a month to get a 4K experience. I'm not sure what definition I've got. I think it's probably only 1080p. I think I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I don't think it's 4K. No. Yeah, it's one of the things you got to be careful for is make sure your TV does have the, the capabilities to play back 4K if you do want to have that experience. Yeah, well, I think my TV is 4K, but I don't think I get a 4K image, though. I'm, I, uh, I'm not sure. I know with uh, Netflix offer 4K viewing uh, as well, but I don't think – I think I only pay for the, for the, for the HD version okay. yeah. rather than the 4K experience. Yeah, me too. I, I, I personally, I enjoy the odd, you know, go to someone's house and they've got like yeah. the whole surround sound, uh, yeah. crazy multimedia experience. But for myself, yeah. uh, my own home, I don't think it's necessary. Well, I know from my experience with uh, making videos and having a 4K camera that the difference in file size, for example, I mean, I'm just speaking about like a creator's experience here. And I know we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, Johnny, with the file sizes that you were sending me that you know, I thought they were 4K because they were so big, you know. <laughs> yeah. But there is a huge difference between a 4K size file when you're recording a video, for example. So at the moment, I'm, I'm recording in, in 1080. But if I went up to 4K, it would be the file sizes are a lot bigger, you know, and they they really chew through the uh, SD cards that I use. So I imagine if you're if you're um, you know putting everything in 4K through a television, I'm not sure whether you need a a better broadband experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you'd probably need more bandwidth or more or a better download speed to be able to. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sure it's, because it's I, I, I I don't have the technical expertise on this, but you know, just speaking from a you know from a from a creator point of view, a 4K file size is a lot bigger than a 1080. Whether that has anything to do with the um, with the bandwidth and the the you know the the data coming through the telephone line, I have no idea. But uh, it it could it could be a uh, an influence there. I don't know. It could be yeah. yeah. In any case, because, telecom sector heating up. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true, and there is a lot of talk about this five G because five uh, G is apparently going to be the, it's going to be the game changer when it comes to, to what you can do on the internet. You know, um, I don't know whether you remember back to when we had a, a dial up modem. Do you remember back to dial up modems? I do. Back in my my very young days, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and the internet experience back then was pathetic compared to what it's like now, and. Uh, probably even five or six years ago to even watch a video on YouTube, you know, it used to stop all the time and it used to, you know, used to get that, that buffering all the time. And and now on mobile telephones, on the internet connections we have at home here, it's a it's a seamless experience. So, and 5G is going to take it even further. Yeah, I'm excited to see what it does. Absolutely. And yeah. if we get, uh, you know, those, that the capacity to be able to, you know, transfer huge, file sizes quickly then uh, i think that's going to be the way forward yeah oh yeah definitely definitely especially when it comes to streaming and things like that yeah because yeah you think of people now going back to work people maybe got long commutes and then with yeah. 5g um can have a, a nice streaming experience while they're you know on the bus or the metro or the train whatever yeah well do you have a problem with 4g streaming 
No, I don't. Um, although, <laughs> if you are going to do that, probably get a, a big data plan for your for your phone. Well, but, yeah. Source. Well, with the Vodafone gives me unlimited data, so I'm happy about well, well, that. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's perfect then. <laughs> but you have to be able to connect to that 4G network. And as I said, when I was in some of those places there in rural Spain, and you don't have a good you don't have a good data connection, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. You just can't do it, basically. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, a bit of an inconvenience. But anyway, 5G. What's next? So next we've got hedge funds. So I. Personally, don't get too involved in hedge funds. I do know no. of a couple in Spain, but uh, this caught my eye that, um, what's her name, Calvino, the vice president. Uh, so previously, I didn't know this either. You used to normally used to have a minimum capital requirement of 100,000 euros to be able to invest in a hedge fund. Um, and she's given the green light for that to be reduced to 10,000 euros. So maybe, oh. um, yeah, so now perhaps... Um, minority or smaller investors can start looking at hedge funds as a possibility to invest in in spain okay so what's what's the definition of a, of a hedge fund give us a simple definition so a hedge fund is essentially where you would give your money to um, a fund manager um, normally it would be actively managed um, and they would you know they'd pick different assets whether it's stocks uh, funds bonds whatever um, and they would allocate your money across that fund. Um, and the performance of that fund uh, would determine your, your returns on the money you've invested. And they would then charge a percentage fee for, for managing the fund. Okay, so you, you give your money over to, a, to a, like a, a fund manager and they take care of it for you. You don't have to worry about the investment yourself. Just get a return and that's it. Exactly, yeah. You give, you give your money to a trusted fund manager um, and yeah, your money's with them. Exactly, yeah. And they, and they invest that money where they want to invest it, right? So they take that money to Asia or they take that money to South America or they keep it here in Europe or they invest it in whatever they want. Exactly, yeah. I would imagine they probably have several different uh, portfolios within that fund um, based on you know geographical exposure, based on risk level, yeah. and you can choose based on your investment preferences on, on which fund that, that's going to go in, yeah. Yeah. Did we mention something about that last week that uh, a hotel in Barcelona was uh, bought by a hedge fund? Was it a hedge fund that bought a hotel? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so if I had invested in that hedge fund, I would have my money in that hotel, I suppose, right? Yeah. In, in essence, yeah. If you <laughs> pick the right fund, then you'd be a part, yeah, you'd almost be a part owner in a sense of that hotel okay, via right. that hedge fund. Yeah. Is there a word in Spanish for hedge fund? Um, fondos mutuos, I think it is. Fondos or mutuos. Yeah, or mutual funds. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what's a, what's a, how do we translate into English what they call here in Spanish the fondo buitre? Buitre. Uh, what is that exactly? Well, uh, the, the, the buitre, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, is a type of bird that uh, normally eats the carcass uh, of a dead animal off the, off the side of a road. Oh, vulture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> vulture fund. Yeah, vulture fund. That's it. Do we call them vulture funds in English as well? Oof. I, I can't say I've heard of that actually. But that's. No? Let me go and let me look at that after this and then. I'll, All right. Yeah. Interesting. I can stuff. Google it quickly. Just let me let, let me have a look here. I'll just. I'll, I'll Google it quickly. Let me have a look. Uh, vulture yeah. fund. I'm not sure whether it 
is a translation or not, you know, a uh, vulture yeah. fund. Yeah, uh, here, we, here we go. A vulture fund is a hedge fund, private equity fund, or distressed debt fund that invests debt considered to be weak or in default known as distressed securities. Okay. Yeah, so... It's almost Probably like a rescue, sounds, rescue hedge fund. Well, or term. they, or they exactly. go, or they go in and take, they go in and you know take over companies that are in trouble, probably, and you know sell the assets and try to make a profit on them. I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure what they do, but you know the the vulture fund or the or the hedge fund, uh, a type of hedge fund. So I was wondering if there was a similarity between the two. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, just let me check in Spanish the uh, fondo. Uh, Fondo Buitre, yeah, it's B-U-I-T-R-E, Buitre, I think they pronounce it that way, yeah. yeah. And there's a picture of a guy in a suit with a buzzard's head. <laughs> okay. So, so, You'd have to so put a screenshot right. on the screen for that one. I'll, I'll, I'll put a screenshot in the, in the video when, when, I, when I edit it, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's what we're dealing with here. So, so it's not the same, right? So if I invest yeah. in one of these things, uh, my money's hopefully not going into one of these vulture funds, I imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would imagine. Well, before you invest, they have to give you a prospectus in any case to oh, say okay. what the fund's all about, and they'll probably yeah. give you a breakdown of what kind of assets are in there. They'll oh, have okay. to give you like the expected return based on prior performance, yeah. Um, yeah. all that okay. kind of stuff. So yeah, because yeah, because there's a lot more control when it comes to that now, isn't there? I mean, since the last financial crisis, I think there's a lot more regulation in the sector. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And. Um, when you invest with a hedge fund as well, um, my expectation would be that all of them uh, are registered with the CNMV, which is this, it's like the okay. Spanish financial regulator, essentially the Comisión Nacional del Mercado de Valores. Okay, good, good, good. So the uh, the economy minister or finance, what's she, is she the finance minister or economy exactly. minister, Calvino? Nadia Calvino. I think, isn't she the vice president now? Well, she got a promotion recently, yeah, with yeah. the with the government shakeup. I think, yeah, she's become mm -hmm. the 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 vice, yeah, the first vice president. I think they, I think they call it here in Spain. I'm not sure. There's a first mm -hmm. one, there's a second, then there's a third. There's all of these different vice presidents roaming around. Uh, <laughs> but she did get a promotion recently. That's right, because somebody somebody left the government. Who, who left? Ah, uh, yeah, Calman Calvo, I think, left the government. So Calvino was promoted. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's it. So she's brought down the limit. That's that's what we said originally, no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for minority investor, ten thousand euros still seems like quite a lot. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to me, it sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I think yeah, hedge funds now are going to be a lot less exclusive than they were before. You probably get the was mainly the high rollers before. I imagined hundred thousand okay. euros minimum investment. Well, but yeah, yeah ten thousand. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to bring in a lot more investors, but still, you know, some people who have that capital and are interested, then it's a, it's another option of investment that they can look at. More accessible, more accessible. Exactly. Yeah. All right, great. And what's uh, what's uh, what's up next? So I saw another article in our uh, which one expansion this time. Yep. Same one that we, where we looked at um, the best beaches in Spain, and they've broken oh, down a couple the, of weeks ago. We did that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, in a similar article, they've broken down the cheapest and most expensive places to go on holiday in Spain, and there were some surprises in there actually for me. Uh, so let's get into them. Uh, All right. So we'll have a look at number one. Number one, according to this, is Las Palmas de Gran Canaria. Yeah, now I would have thought that's a lot more expensive because it's a it's a pretty popular destination, particularly among British tourists. Uh, uh -huh. 
yeah, definitely a popular place. Uh, well, 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 it says here that a week uh, will cost uh, only eight hundred and sixty-two euros for for a week's accommodation. Mm-hmm. There, fifty-seven euros a night. Mm. Yeah, so the most part made up by the accommodation. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. So that's number one. Las Palmas de Gran Canaria. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to the Canary Islands. It is on my list of places to visit, but of course, you have to hop on a plane to get there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I normally find it easy just to jump in the car. But uh, definitely in the future, it will be on my list of places to visit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Number two. What have we got? We got Santa Cruz de Tenerife. Ah, so we're still in the Canaries. Is this is this only about the Canaries? Is it, Johnny? No, it's not just about the Canaries. There are some other places in the rest of Spain oh, and on the peninsula. Oh, okay. But yeah, it turns out the two cheapest are from the Canary Islands. <laughs> All right, good. So they're saying here that it's about uh, 25% cheaper than the national average. Okay. Yes, 900 euros a, a week. Ah, no, wait. Yeah, the, the, yeah the, week, the weekly average, national average is yeah. 900 euros. So okay, so we're talking about that. hotel, food, everything included probably, right? Yeah, so definitely uh, accommodation and car hire is included. That's that's common across all of them. And then I imagine, yeah, food and... and oh, car tent. hire as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not everyone, of course, will hire a car when they go on holiday. I can yeah. drive, but never hire a car. <laughs> so. All right. So this is what it's going to cost more or less uh, to stay there for a week. No, 900 euros. Okay. Flights included as well, I imagine. Okay. Yeah. So all right, th- good. Number three, now we're on the peninsula. We've got Sevilla. Okay, so Seville, 15% cheaper than the national average. Okay, mm-hmm. to spend a week there, the average is around 1,017 euros. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, Sevilla, a really nice place to go. Um, I was okay. only there for half a day, but fantastic architecture. Only, um, only half a day? Yeah, we were doing a road trip through the south, and our flight was from Seville. Uh, so, ah, okay. yeah, so we finished uh, our last day in Cadiz, and then we went to yeah. Seville for the remainder of the time. Yeah, well, I think Seville is definitely a place where you could get a, you could probably get a, a at least a week. I think in Seville. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. To get to get to know it well. All right, good. Number yeah. four. Let's have a look. Four, Alicante. Yeah. yeah, another popular popular destination, of course, home of Benidorm. Benidorm, just the home up, of Benny Dorm, that's it. Up, we have a picture here of Alicante City. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, wh- wh- what did you say? It's saying Benny Dorm is up from Alicante, right? Or down? Uh, I can't remember Benny, which way. Yeah, Benny Dorm. Yeah, you head. Uh, yeah, you Alicante. Well, from Madrid. Yeah, you head to Alicante and then you turn left and head up the coast. That to is Benidorm, it. Yeah. Um, and what do they say here? The price. Uh, One thousand and eighty-nine for the week. Okay. All right. Yeah. A thousand and eighty-nine yeah. in the city of Alicante. Yeah, and only four hundred and forty-four of that to accommodation. Oh, okay, all right, good. So, accommodation the cheaper, the cheapest, uh, the cheaper option there. All right, good. Mm-hmm. What's next? We have Valencia. Valencia city. All right, good. Yes. And now we're up to one thousand two hundred twenty-three. Five hundred and four uh, is uh, car rental. Yeah. Valencia are probably going to get more expensive, I think, because um, I think more and more people are starting to discover the gem that it is. It was previously what I would describe as, it's like a Barcelona without the, the tourist numbers. Um, but now I think, particularly where they're getting top expat destination last year, and yeah. it seems to be a lot of startups um, 
located in Valencia. Uh, yeah, so I think it's, yeah, it's gained a popularity, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, let's be honest, Barcelona and Catalonia have got a bit of a bad rap over the last few years, you know, and uh, people look people might be looking for a, for a less um, controversial, let's say, place to set up a business where they're not going to be dragged into some you know political situation that they don't that they don't want to be in. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that could be the reason for Valencia's rise in popularity. Who knows? Next could one. Be, um, yeah, so next, Malaga. Yeah, Malaga. Malaga, really nice place as well. Yeah, we've got a place uh, where I come from in Perth. There's a suburb called, uh, well, it's spelt M-A-L-A-G-A, but we pronounce it down there as Malaga. And uh, <laughs> I tell you, it's one of the ugliest places that I've ever seen, Malaga in Perth, so I wouldn't recommend visiting there. But uh, the Malaga here in Spain, a lot better. And we're at €1,306 for the week. And yeah. um, accommodation is what's going to, set you back the most down there, so 628 according to this article. Yeah, price is creeping up now. It is. We're getting into, oh, Madrid is next. So we're getting into the more uh, more expensive parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, a week in Madrid, 1,307 euros. And uh, oh, accommodation, reasonably cheap, only 406. Yeah. Now, car hire is the most expensive here, but... To be perfectly honest, um, I think it's very unlikely that someone would hire a car to um, come on holiday to Madrid. Unless, well, I, imagine that mo- I, ma- yeah. I imagine that most of that goes in trying to find a place to park and park in the car. You know, because <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> have a car in Madrid is an absolute nightmare. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, unless you're maybe taking a trip up to Navacerrada or La Sierra um, yeah. or to the countryside, then to do all the activities in the centre the metro is more than sufficient so well you can you can, yeah. you can take a train to the to the mountains uh, you know yeah whether you need a car or not is a uh, is a topic for debate what's next uh, barcelona all barcelona, right good yeah. we're getting into the we're getting into the expensive cities now yeah be surprised to see uh, i'm just, just going to take a guess here i'm going to say that maybe the basque country is going to be in position number 9 or 10 I'm, i i don't know that but i imagine that it could be up there okay i won't ruin the surprise for you um, <laughs> <laughs> but i would personally i would have expected to see barcelona probably as the most expensive um, yeah does it say how much a week is going to cost doesn't does it not really no uh so 85, no, 89 euros, 50 cents per night in the hotel. Yeah, okay. yeah 480 euros for a car, yeah. Okay, so we don't, we don't have a total amount here, okay. But mm-hmm. uh, more than Madrid, so obviously it passed that 1,300 mark, okay. We'll have a look yeah. at number nine. Yeah. Ah, Mallorca, Palma de Mallorca. Okay, good, yeah. Palma de Mallorca, 1,474. So Barcelona is probably in between there somewhere, okay. Yeah, I've never been to the Balearic Islands, but I do get the impression that it is, um, yeah, a bit more expensive than some places in the peninsula. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's, you know, one of those, it has a reputation as a fairly high-end tourist destination for some of the island. Obviously, if you go to Magaluf, maybe that's not the case, but... Uh, I think there are a lot of places there where you, where money will fly out of your pocket. Yeah, yeah. And uh, number 10, uh, Cadiz, number 10. Yeah, I was surprised wow. by this. I was very surprised. Mm. Is that the last one? Yeah, it's it is, the last yeah. one, yeah. So Cadiz, number 10. All right, good. What's the price there, John? So €1,496 uh, per week. And do they yes. say why it's so expensive? 
722 um, to the accommodation and 543 for a car. Yeah, okay, cool. So I imagine that's because all of the, everybody from Madrid and Seville going to, to spend their summers there probably make it a, an expensive destination. Maybe that is the case. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, good. So interesting, interesting. Some, uh, some of the cheaper places and some of the more expensive places to spend a week on holidays here in Spain. Interesting. Mm-hmm, yeah. All right, good. So on that note, we'll start to wrap it up, Johnny. Uh, there's nothing else, right? No, that was all for today, Stu. <laughs> All right, great. It's good speaking to you again, and uh, we'll, we'll speak next week. Perfect. Let's speak next week, Stu. Take care. All right. See you later. Have a good one. So there we go. That was the weekly review video. Questions and comments, please leave them in the section below. Debate the situation out as you normally do. Give the video a thumbs up if you liked it, thumbs down if you didn't. I'll see you in the next one. Hasta luego.